Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to A Fan to A Fan, episode 11. It's a safe place where I am allowed to speak openly about my criticisms of people and society. I am your host, Franny's Coupe, and I hope you will remember that name until your dying days. Let's get into it. Ooh, sounded a little scratchy there. My little voice, but... Hello guys, what is up? This is the fifth upload in a row, so you can say that I've been slightly consistent. Okay, let's see how it goes. Let's let's keep this train moving. But um, today uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little deep here. Okay, I'm gonna get deep here. Y'all, y'all may get emotional. I may get emotional, but it's okay. This is a safe space, okay? A safe space. And I would like to offer a slight trigger warning, or as I like to say it in Freddie's language, a trigger warning. Um, Because I will be talking about some mental health things related to that area. So, if uh, you are uncomfortable or you don't want to hear this, then um, I would recommend skipping episode 11 of A Fan to a Fan. Oh, and by the way, I reached double digits with the episodes. That's that, that's pretty good for me. Um, But anyway, to continue with this, this topic is very near and dear to me in my heart, you know. And, uh, it's very personal, and it has really shaped my demeanor over the past few years, and like made me see a lot of things differently. Um, I will try to make it as lighthearted as possible, of course, because uh, that's the way I roll. Like I, I joke to cope with things in life. So, so that's so that's what I do. So. Why stop it now? But I'm going to be real here, honest here. And, you know, I'm going to make myself vulnerable for you people, for the people. And I told y'all I'm like being vulnerable, okay? So y'all have the opportunity to uh, see inside my personal life, you know? You saw inside my personal life the first episode when I talked about <clears throat> my experience with, with, with the titties. Then you saw inside my um, life experiences when I talked about coming last in cross-country races. So you're you're going to see a different side of me today, and um, I hope you enjoy it. But, um, yeah, so today what I'll be talking about is the relationship with my oldest brother, the first oldest. Um, I'm the I'm the second in line, by the way. So it's my older brother, me, sister, brother, other sister. Yeah, it's a whole clown clown gang over there. Insane clown posse. That's that's what we are. But I will be talking about that and uh, how it's the relationship, how how it's changed over the years. You know, and like as you can tell by the title. Of the episode, I assume you look at the title before you just begin to watch something. Um, a lot of time, 
we regret we regret things in life basically and we we just dwell on the past so much but it's not healthy to think like that because you can't change the past and i know that's that's so basic to say but we can't change the past so being so hooked on that constantly constantly that just puts you in a bad mindset and like as much as even i admit that i do it i do it of course and that's just human nature you know you just feel bad and you wish you could get a time machine but we're not superman and we can't go back in time and i don't think they created a a time machine yet and i've always actually been fascinated with the idea of time machines even when i was younger i had a slight imagination and i would used to like find random things in the basement and try to create a time machine and then close my eyes and then and then like i would just hope that it would just transform me back to a happier place so i've always been fascinated with that Obviously, I'm older and I see that uh, that that's a little nuts. And I'm probably not going to be the one to figure out how to get a freaking time machine. But but I've always been fascinated uh, with that idea. And the events I will be talking about today, um, there is honestly nothing I could have done in like no way I could have changed or foreseen what was going to happen with uh with this relationship and just just the way things turned out but what i do wish i could have done is just cherished those uh times more before these things started happening and uh but obviously like i didn't know and i had uh uh, yeah of course like i had good times you know back then and like i would say yeah i cherished it but maybe if i would have appreciated more and that's what i regret i do regret that but I couldn't have foreseen it at all. I couldn't have foreseen it. But um I was I was young. I'm still young really, but I was younger. I'm only twenty one now. But and when you're young, you just think this time is ongoing, it's forever. And then as you get older you just see time passes so fast and and life is going to come to an end. You see, people die, people change, people leave. But when you're younger, you don't you don't see that. So I guess I was naive and ignorant. <laughs> but, but that's just the way it is. And I'm glad I kind of grew up fast the way I did. But <clears throat> that's, that, that is what it is. Um, but... I will get more into that about 
depth that I can't talk depth into uh this story and my feelings about my older brother and of course I'll provide my great great advice that a lot of people don't take at the end of course. But today's episode, as you read, if you can read, is called If I Can Turn Back Time. Notice that's a a share song, and if any of you guys listen to her, then then um you you would know what I'm talking about. But that's why it was like a play on work. I don't need I don't need to explain why I did anything. Okay, but um yeah, let's get into it. Ooh, gotta gotta get comfortable um for this one here. So, and I'm a little dehydrated. Cause yesterday I my dumb self decided to take a shot of Everclear, so I'm really dehydrated. So I I do have a drink today, guys. So today I'm drinking Gatorade lemon lime in a 20 ounce bottle. Okay, I'm gonna take a little drink here. <sighs> Yum, nutritious. I. Uh, um, properly, I'm comfortable, I'm set up, okay, but the backstory, okay, so, uh, growing up, okay, so, the way, uh, the order of my siblings, okay, um, I'll say we were fairly, all my siblings are, uh, the four of us, you know, same mom, same dad, whatever, uh, they, they eventually split up later, but, but, I would say we were always together. It was always a packed household, and there there was nowhere we can we can go. So all we had was each other. So that's why I feel like we always uh got into these petty arguments and whatnot. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. But um, so I said I was the second oldest, and my brother's the first oldest. We're both <clears throat> we're both Leos. Okay. He's he's August. I'm July, July twenty eighth. Just in case y'all want to send me a nice strawberry shortcake. Just kidding, all my teeth are gonna fall out. But um, yes. Yeah, so he's about two years <clears throat> older than me, and uh, yeah. So so we were fairly close, and I would even consider this because my. The next one in line is is my sister, and she's three years younger, and I could definitely see that that three years younger. Okay, he was ninety eight baby. I'm I'm a two thousands baby, so I feel like we are more so connected in that way. Because I feel like once they got to two thousand three, I don't know these babies. These babies like consume some freaking toxic waste. Like I don't know, cause it's a drastic difference between <laughs> me and my sister and her class of people. But see, that's why I was like really close with him. And also, um, I know you guys probably can't believe this, or those of you who already know me, I've always been shy, really shy. I was shy to a point where um, I would be afraid to uh ask the teacher to go to the bathroom <laughs> and I would never say good morning to the, <clears throat> my preschool teacher when um she she'd be like good morning for these and then I just stare her down. And I remember uh my grandfather before he passed away, he was he gave me a lecture. He was giving me a lecture on uh he was basically trying to teach me how to 
how to speak back to people because everybody thought it was something wrong with me. I was just really quiet, really shy. I don't know. And then obviously I broke out of that and now I'm talking on a microphone to strangers or to my friends and family. And I remember even at one point in preschool, the teacher started doing sign language to me because she thought I was deaf or something. I just, I just was really shy. <laughs> so, um, the point is, I, I couldn't really make friends because of that because I was just so shy. So I would say all I had was my siblings. And I said I was a closer in age to my brother and he was more social than me. So he had a lot of friends. I didn't. But, uh, my friends, because I said, I, again, couldn't make any friends. So, and we stayed in the house the entire time, basically, especially when, um, I was going to school back in uh, Gary, because, uh, it was a pretty, pretty bad neighborhood. My mom didn't really let us, like, go on school field trips and stuff. And, uh, and and just go out and play with the neighborhood kids because it was dangerous over there. So we we just basically stayed in the house. And the only time we were able to get out was when I was uh, going to my grandparents' house back in somewhere in Illinois. I'm not going to disclose my location. <laughs> so we would go there and we would always love it there because uh you know, we we were able to go outside and be normal kids our age, you know. So that, and I don't know, I would just feel comfortable talking to him. And yeah, he's like, like the person I, I related to most. And yeah, we always talked. We always had a good time. Um, and that's, yeah, that's one of my fondest memories, one of actually was just... Com being with him, communicating with him and stuff. And yeah, like what we mainly would do, like even when we were stuck in the house and Gary depressed and sad and not being able to, to go out and stuff, when we had each other, that that was a good time. Um, we would just be laughing. It was always, always laughing, always cracking jokes, you know. And that's why I feel like I got this from because uh, I say, Everybody, like a lot of people, everyone in my household is funny, I would say. Nice, dry sense of humor and like just laughter. I love, I love laughing. I love funny people, you know, and, and that's, that's what we were. And I remember, <clears throat> even though now I don't play any video games because again, my, my opinion on video games is why well, play something if there's like limitations to what you can achieve. That's why I prefer to do stuff in real life. I always say that. And then people look at me like, okay, you're lame. You, you don't play games. And I'm just like, oh, it's a limitation. And like, I'd rather be do something in real life because it's, it's no limits to what I, I can actually do. So, but I do remember playing video games with him actually on uh, PlayStation 2. Y'all remember that? That, that, that thing, that thing was old. <laughs> the PlayStation 2, and we would play the WWE games. And that, that was really, I, I was, I, I went through a WWE phase. And even before I got really into it, um, I would always play the games with him. And my, I remember my favorite wrestler, Shawn Michaels. I would always play 
I would play with him, and his favorite was, uh, I believe it was Randy Orton. I think it was Randy Orton. Of course, everybody likes John Cena. He liked John Cena, too. Um, yeah, so playing, playing WWE games, and also we had the, um, <clears throat> the Tony Hawk game, too. And, uh, that was, that was fun because, that, and also I went through a skateboarding phase, too. Like, I, I, have, I may give y'all a story time later on the, the skate, the skater girl for these phase, but we, we used to play that together. Of course, Grand Theft Auto. Wow. Grand Theft Auto. You see, like, there's nothing wrong with Grand Theft Auto because you don't see me, uh, jacking cars and, and committing missions. I mean, committing crimes and doing missions. Obviously, Grand Theft Auto is, does not have a negative effect on people because just look at me. Just look at me. Just playing video games, you know? That's, that's one of the most, like, wholesome things that, and the thing, like, I did most frequently with him. And uh also basketball. Like I spoke about uh in one of my episodes, like how basketball is a very important part in my life. And uh we would go to my grandparents' house and there was a hoop on uh, on the garage. It wasn't actually it was cause like a standard hoop is supposed to be ten feet. And it was it was it was shorter than ten feet. But we would always play basketball and stuff outside and that, that would be our bonding and of course I went to my basketball phase I mean I, I still love basketball but back when I was like playing stuff and like really researching so like I just remember always playing basketball with him we always played basketball we always had little tournaments one-on-ones like he would help me get better like he would actually, he actually claimed he was like I'm the one that taught her I'm like no you didn't teach me I taught myself Okay, he may have taught me a little bit, but dang, like you, you, you stealing away from my dang sunshine. Like, like, don't, don't take away from that. Like, I taught myself a lot of this stuff, but I just remember that I'm a fondest memory. Always playing basketball. Basketball is my absolute favorite sport. If anybody knows that about me, and like, just, just to have those, those memories with him of, of playing basketball, and watching basketball, arguing, <laughs> arguing so much because told y'all I was a big Kobe Bryant fan. I'm a Lakers fan, Laker, ride or die Lakers fan. He's a Clippers fan. Back when it was a LA Clippers, LA Clippers fan, and of course they both played um, in the Staples Center. So it was more so battle, battle of LA. I remember he really liked Blake Griffin, and I'm just like Blake Griffin is trash, and he like Kobe is old, and it was just like. Like that, that back and forth stuff, the the little rivalries, rivalries we would have and stuff, and like just always watching basketball together. Like I love that so much. Those those little things just made my boring childhood happy. Like because I just told you, I was a child with no friends. <laughs> That's why I'm so surprised that I actually have friends now. I really had to step outside of my comfort zone in order in order to um to, to get friends. And uh just having my siblings and stuff and um hell yeah, what 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 we've been through <laughs> Gary, like when when we couldn't go outside during the summer when it was so boring, we would be watching um T V, no cable of course, just 
we would have to adjust the antenna if we wanted to watch freaking Cubo or The U. And, uh, and that and that would be our excitement for the night. But all we had was each other. All we had was each other. And we made the best out of that. And And he did it. And we did it together, you know. And also, I told you, we're both Leos. But also, we're both friends. I'm friend Frenice. He's a friend. I ain't going to say his full name. But we're friend and friend, okay? And also, like, uh, that was when, I'll say, around the time. Like, because I uh, when was uh when the Lakers started to uh get worse after Kobe ran towards towards Achilles and stuff and then there was a whole rivalry. Oh Clippers versus Lakers, like um we were really close. Like we've like reached our our high point, like our our freaking high point of a brother sister relationship, like I was like, I, I'm not really an affectionate person. Some people who saw me at the bar would, would probably agree, but uh, that, that doesn't count. I'll be drunk, but I'm really like admitting I love people or whatever. But I did. I didn't have a problem doing that. You know, with him, I would just give him like constant like hugs throughout the day or whatever, and I would just like want to just. I would just sit in this room, whatever. Like even if he wasn't talking, even if he wasn't talking to me, he. He would just be playing his his Xbox. Yeah, we upgraded to an Xbox after the PlayStation Two, uh, the original Xbox Three Sixty. I don't know what what type of Xbox they got now, but the the OG white Xbox um, we had. Um, even if like we weren't talking, it's just like being there, like just sitting there in in his presence. You know, was 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 just really special to me. And like those stupid conversations we would have, it was really special to me. Then, um, as we go on, as we go to, I, I'm a freshman in high school and he's a junior. Um, I noticed some stuff was starting to, to be off with him. Um, things just started to change. It was little by little to the point where it is right now. And I wouldn't say, like, I completely ignored the signs. Like, I definitely peeped it. But I just I just had no idea. I had no knowledge on what was going on with him. And <laughs> it just it just changed. The, I'm going to get more into that. But that's, that's, that's when, like, the last wholesome moment I remember is probably sophomore year I was sophomore and he had uh he decided uh not to finish high school and then that's probably where stuff started to go more downhill from there but I will get into this process I will get in and explain what happened and stuff like that so uh let's get into it try not I'm trying not to cry oh my god shoot <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this, but okay. I'm just gonna get into it, whatever. So, um, so this it was pretty much normal. It's pretty much normalized in general right now to uh, smoke weed, especially since it's legalized here in Illinois. And uh, 
it was it wasn't back then, of course, but it, it's normalized because people are like, "Oh, weed is a drug. You can't get addicted to weed. You can't like weed is okay." Blah blah blah. But of course, you know him being him, him being a, a regular teenager. That's he 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 started he started smoking or whatever, and uh, we didn't we didn't notice at first because like I had never been like around high people really, so I didn't understand. I just noticed he was I smelled something. And uh, he was acting weird. So at first, he he did it like just just for fun, just just for whatever. And then it eventually uh became something that he needed every single day to uh to just to just cope or whatever and to 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 get through the day. And I I didn't know the reason behind that because I wasn't questioning. And I would notice, uh, you know, slight mood change with him. And then when he would be back to normal, back to my my big brother, my best friend, I would I would like to, I would like to I would consider him that a best friend. Uh, when he wasn't high anymore, and and he was he would give me, he we would, I was still hugging whatever we would still talk we would still joke we would still laugh and I'm like okay it's just the weed then that's that's why he's acting different um like I said uh the weed started becoming a problem when he uh had dropped out of high school and uh, he yeah he he needed it he was he was moving in often 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 and. I remember actually that the day he told me he wasn't gonna finish. I was in his room. I was always in his room, like, and he would always kick me out. Reminds me of a uh, <laughs> y'all know Martin when he'd be kicking people out of his apartment. It was like that. Like I would just be in his room because I always wanted to be around him. Um, he told me he's like, he's like, I don't think I'm gonna finish because I'm so behind. Yeah. It's it's just better if if I just don't go, don't go back. Cause uh, I said we were two years ahead, so I would be he'll be a senior, and I'll be a sophomore. So he decided not not to go for a senior year. So he's like, okay. So of course he's the older brother, and then once the older brother, the older sibling in general sets the standard, I feel like the rest follow behind. And I do feel like that was the case with the rest of my siblings, um, who should have graduated high school, but they didn't. And because that was the norm that was set. And then me, the second oldest, once I completed it, it was, that's because Frenice is smart. That's because Frenice is different. But we don't have to, we don't have to finish. We don't have to do this. So that really set the standard for that. So not completely blaming him, but I just feel like that is what led them to feel like it was okay for them to not complete high school. But besides that, when he told me that day, I was, I was shocked. I was shocked because this, this is the, like, honestly, I would say I looked up to him slightly, like, even though he's like, oh, I taught her all her basketball moves. And I was feeling kind of salty, like, because I'm like, no, you didn't teach me my basketball moves. I taught myself my basketball moves. I taught myself how to shoot. I taught myself how to shoot. Like, I, like, I, would, I would be so, like, whatever. But, like, I did. I, I did. And I saw him as that big brother who I always looked up to. I came after him. I had to, you know, I had to, I had to follow in his footsteps. And once, once he told me that, that he was dropping out, I was like, what? 
are what are you and I wouldn't I wouldn't question anything. I'm just like, okay, you're doing the right thing. I know. I know we're gonna find a way. Could you always find a way? And and this this is what it is, like but he told me he told me with a smile on his face and he did get seem I know it's kinda of shame. I noticed the shame in his voice slightly. It was like he was uh trying to convince himself that it's fine. And and that's 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 what he did. That's 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 what it seemed like, but I just I noticed that. And I just I assume like, okay, like and I, by the way, I call him Big Brother, like it's so weird. I don't call him by his name, like everyone calls him they call him Big Bro, but of course me being extra I call people by the full name, like like Big Brother, Big Brother. Like I literally call him Big Brother. I don't call him by his name. Like what what the heck is his name? I just call him Big Brother. And I'm like, okay, Big Brother's dropping now of uh High school, it's like, oh, we're gonna find a way, whatever. So it's gonna be a way, like, you know what you're doing, like, you the older brother. So that's the way I saw it. So then, um, again with the weed, uh, like I said, I noticed he would be mean. He would get really mean, like, to the point he's very irritable, doesn't want to talk to anybody. And, uh, yeah, he, he was just, just mean. And, at first, I blamed it. I'm like, that's because it's the weed. It's the weed that's it's doing that. And then it wasn't. And then when he was off of it, he was like that. When he was high, he was like that. And then eventually, I remember he started taking some pills, too. And, uh, like, he's mean. He's really mean. He's different. So and then that's when I had to realize I had to keep my distance. I had to keep my distance. I couldn't touch him. It's whatever I would get yelled at, like so. That's when that stopped, and then the conversation stopped. I stopped being able to actually have conversation with them. I remember one time he was at my auntie's place downtown, and uh, he was interested in uh, music and rapping and stuff. And I had an old uh, keyboard in there, and uh, I saw that he was a uh, he took it. He uh, he took it like to to do something with his music. So, um, it was a missing part, and I happened to to find it. And I'm like, oh shoot, okay. Well, I'm not interested in music anymore. Like he could he could have the keyboard because you know, yeah, yeah. If y'all know me, like huh, I went through a rock star phase. Okay, I was gonna be a freaking rock star, and y'all y'all just know now. So I had the uh I found I found the charger piece, the adapter piece. And then I called him from my auntie's place. And I was like I was like, okay, uh hey, I I, I found the uh the charger piece for the uh keyboard so so you can use it for your music. And he was like, Okay. Okay, is that it? Why'd you call? What's the point of you calling me? Why'd you call me? I'm just like I just I just wanted to help you out, and he was like, "Okay, don't call me again." And I'm like, oh, first of all, I tried to help you out, so that 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 was just me not not understanding what was really going on, um, at the time. So I'm just like, okay, forget this whole like I tried to help you out. I tried to help you, whatever, whatever. So when I started to see that the situation started to get more deep, um, 
I was not saying he was being really paranoid. Paranoid that that people were out to get him and that uh yeah, just just people were out to get him. People always wanted to to fight him, people wanted to harm him. He would be afraid to leave the house because he, he would think somebody's out to get him. And I'm just like, okay, like maybe it is people trying to find him. Like this is me being in denial. I'm good at being in denial. So I don't know if you guys can hear it in the background, but my roommate decides to vacuum as I'm talking. <laughs> but uh, so I'm just thinking maybe people want to find him, whatever. Then he starts to get paranoid about us, about his siblings, about my dad. My grandma, he said, you guys, you guys are trying to, you're trying, you guys are trying to get me. You guys are trying to harm me. You guys are, are trying to do this. Uh, and then I remember this, uh, he's talking to my grandma, my grandma, she's, she's 80, she's 84 years old. Okay. So, so she's not, she's not familiar with this mental health stuff. So of course it's like, it's, it's the devil. Like, like, like that's the devil talking to you. Okay. You know, class of black grandmas. Um, but he tells he she's telling me the story she's like she she's like he he came to her in her room and he's saying you guys you guys are trying to get me you try you guys are trying to attack me and he was like maybe it would be better if i just killed myself and that was like really sad to hear it was it was really sad to hear and uh yeah, just hearing hearing your brother say that, and it's something that you can't control. And of course, me, uh, I had knew a little bit something about uh, this uh, paranoia and schizophrenia because I I used to watch random uh, videos, of course, and and I was just learning a lot, and then that's that's what I had had suspected, and him just like being paranoid and stuff. And uh, and him, I heard him started hearing him talk to himself too. It's like he was having a conversation with himself. And I do remember this this one time specifically. I was I was in my room. I shared a room with my uh my brother, my younger brother, my younger sister. So I was packed, but he happened to have his own room. Still salty about that. Didn't understand that. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, and then I heard him talk. I had him, I heard him, like have a whole conversation with himself. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. They what they're trying to do? What are they trying to do? Yeah, they are trying to do that. They like he was having a conversation with himself, and then he comes into the room, and then he flips out on me, and he flips out on everyone. He's like, I need to go. I need to go. I need to leave. You guys, you guys are trying to hurt me. You guys are trying to hurt me. And I'm just like, what? What's going on? I don't understand what's going on. I was like, uh, again, really, really confused. So then he left and took a train to my aunt's house again. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but it just, just seeing that happen, seeing the more and more him sticking to himself, not talking, not yeah, just not talking to us, being so disconnected. And to just be accusing us of doing these things when we weren't doing it. Just, you were talking about me. I'm like, 
Nobody was talking about you. At first, it was like I was getting like offended in a way. Oh, now me using an old word. Me getting upset because I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't say nothing. And then like the whole time, it was just he actually has something wrong with him. So, so yeah, so that was the idea, and I was trying to explain that to uh, my dad, and my grandma, and then, and then they're they're like, they're like, oh, that's just the devil, that's just the devil, and then we're not understanding like this mental health stuff is real, and this this uh, what I call it the disease, like I said, I'm not saying this this disease is real, this condition is real, and we need to do something about it. And they wouldn't really do nothing. Nobody would do anything about it. And what is little old? 16, 17 year old for me. Nobody's going to listen to me. Nobody's going to listen to me. And the, they did. The point where it got really bad was I remember when they decided to actually do something about this mental health issue. They decided to actually do something about this mental health issue. Was, uh, it was, it happened at three in the morning. It was like, finals um in high school the second day of finals i remember and i was just i was sleeping on the little beds me my sister and my brother in there well no not my brother my brother was in the living room because we had kicked him out of the room for being stupid but uh we were sleeping as we should at 3 a.m in the morning and uh out of nowhere he busts into the room, cuts the light off, and he starts throwing everything around, throwing everything around, yelling, yelling at us, claiming that 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 we're out to get him, that that we're doing all. He just threw everything, just throwing. And then he goes to my grandma's room, and he starts throwing everything around it in her room, yelling at all of us, and we are freaking terrified. Like we are so terrified that that this. Like this guy is gonna harm us. This like that's my brother. That's just gonna harm us. So I was actually scared. Like we were scared. So we all go into my grandma's room and we lock the door. And then, of course, me. I'm I'm always the one to be calling folks. So I call my dad, and I'm like, I didn't know how to describe it because, of course, I told you nobody nobody believes in mental health. Nobody believes in that stuff. I'm like. He thinks we're out to get him. He's throwing stuff around. He's breaking stuff. He's yelling at us. He's he's claiming this is, you know, stuff that's stuff that we're not doing. You need to come over here. So that's when my dad pulls up. Uh, he was um, at, at his place. He comes up and then he has to restrain him. He has to restrain my brother. Just seeing him on the ground that day just. That image just stays in my head. He's on the ground and he looks, I hate to use the, the C word, crazy, but he looks, he looks disturbed. If you were to, to see the look on his face, my dad holding him down because he was willing to hurt us in the house. He's willing to hurt us because it all voices in his head. So, of course, as my dad is holding him down and restraining him, uh, of course, I had to be the one to call the freaking police. Oh, like, really? I'm the one to freaking call the police. I call the police, and then they get an ambulance, and they uh, bring a stretcher in there to, to try to take him away. 
So he agrees. The way he got up, he laid down the stretcher, and he just got wheeled away. And that moment is is when I saw that he realized that he needed help himself. And he realized this isn't right. There's something wrong with me. So he, even though he wasn't in the right, uh, you know, frame of mind, whatever, he knew he needed help. And he laid down there and they took him. So that moment was really traumatic for me, I, I would have to say. And, uh, yeah, it was it, it was it was it was definitely traumatic for me just seeing all that, and then to top it off, I had to go to freaking school and take a final. Gosh, I, I'm so over dramatic in high school. High school was not even that hard for real, <laughs> uh, especially in the underfunded public school I came from. Uh, but that, and then uh, he was basically gone gone for a week at uh, this I don't know some place. I don't know what they call it. I've never been to it, but he was he was there for a week. When he was giving medicine, and they were in test on him, and they diagnosed him with uh, psychosis, uh, paranoia, uh, schizophrenia, and yeah. So that's that's what it was. That's that's what I had suspected. Not to say I'm a doctor. I'm not a doctor by any means, nor do I know anything medical, but. But they, they had diagnosed him with that. And, uh, yeah, so so that's when uh, he was better for, I wouldn't say he was better. He's never completely better. He's not, right now, he's not completely better. But he was taking his medicine for a little bit. But, of course, those meds, they really, they, they really suck the life out of you. They make it to a point where you just have no emotion at all completely no emotion so he didn't take him he he did not take him uh so then you know there's like there was moments he would have uh they would call it yeah episodes that's the word for it he would have these these episodes once in a while where he would get up in people's face claiming we're talking about him and he would burn stuff sometimes. He he would go out and set fires outside. He would he would go just do do these random things. See these random things. Think we're doing it. And again, I'm not able to talk to him. I can't have a conversation with him. I he can't like I can't have a conversation with my brother. Like, and these are this this is the person who I had uh all these conversations with and things like that and like we were so close growing up just for it to, to be like this you know and uh we couldn't have those we couldn't have those those conversations anymore and just for him not even to utter a coherent sentence and to him to stay in his room all day go without eating like, my grandma would be so, she'd be so worried about him to eat. She would call him, call him, call him. He wouldn't eat. And, like, when when he finally ate something, like, that's when everybody, she would be so happy. She'd be so happy that he ate. Uh, 
He doesn't think about that stuff. He doesn't want to be around people. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. It's so sad. So, of course, like, that's, that's what I was talking about. Like, there's no way I could have, like, foreseen any of these events or anything I could have done to change it. But I just wish, uh, I would have appreciated that more, like... You know, the the moments when my brother where it was just like us just sitting there doing nothing, making stupid jokes, arguing about Lakers versus Clippers. And uh, I think about that. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I do. I do think about that. And I just see it as something that I would never have again. That would never, ever be able to do that again with my brother. So that's so that's the the saddest part of the bro. I would say it's just that would never happen again. So that's just something I have to live with. So I sit here in college still, and like. I'm lucky, lucky to get out of that, that full household. Because there's truly nowhere for me to sleep, nowhere for me to go. And I got used to that. Like, not going to lie, that, that, that's just how I grew up, is a back household. But the main reason why I don't really care for going home is because I have to see that. I have to see, I have to see him suffer every single day. I have to see him suffer. And just to know there isn't a care. There isn't a care for him. He can't get better. Now he had hopes and dreams. And this happened, you know? And this happened to him. Didn't do anything. He didn't do anything wrong. It, it just happened. It's genetics or whatever. It's just the way how things go. It's something that develops sometimes to some people in their early 20s. He didn't do anything. And because of this, he can't progress in life. And I can't sit there and watch that. So, I told you, I like to be in denial a lot. <laughs> so, if I don't have to, uh, if I don't see it, I can pretend like it doesn't exist. I can pretend like that's not happening, but I do feel guilty. Being here, cause you know why? Like why me? Why him? Why am I the one, the one of the uh, one out of the four siblings to come here and, and to try to do something with my life? Why am I the one that that decided that it was necessary to graduate high school and to come to college and to? And why am I the one with this? To have the mind I do. And why was he the one to uh, have that happen to him? I feel guilty for that. I feel guilty when I don't do my best on like an exam. Because I'm like, I have this opportunity. I, I'm messing it up. I'm messing it up because I, I could be like that. That could have been me. Been the snapper figure. That, that could have been me. But it just so happens that I'm not, and I do, I do feel guilty about that being here while he's over there suffering, and then physically being at home. I have to, I have to see that, and I can't 
I can't watch it like that. This is the person I grew up with. This is the person I do. Yeah, hopes and dreams. It was smart. He was generally just looked like everybody is. Everyone's young and stupid. And we make mistakes. But he he doesn't deserve this at all. And like if anyone does finally care to this, like God, like I will fund this with, with my two pennies I make an hour at Blaze. I will I would definitely fund this. But uh yeah, that's that's the way I feel. But also what uh I had a dream not too long ago. I think this was uh the summer. Summer summer twenty twenty one. Usually my dreams don't uh stick with me that much, uh but this one stuck with me and it was so freaking symbolic. I'm like, is this a freaking scene from a movie where somebody has like a a deep symbolic dream? But uh, yes, I I had a dream as that Martin Luther King was saying. So we were we were in this room and uh, we were just talking, talking like normal, like like he was, but before he got sick. We were we were just we were talking like like normal everything was good we were cracking jokes we were talking about basketball then I went to uh go tell my dad my dad was downstairs I went to go tell my dad I call I call my dad daddy please don't judge but I don't care I don't care what y'all think because I'm a daddy's girl so I'm like I'm like daddy big brother's back to normal oh my gosh the names like, I've just read the names I have for these people like makes it seem like I'm a five year old but it's okay so I said daddy big brother's back to normal uh he's he's good now like everything's everything's gonna be fine so then he's like oh really so then I wanted to show him so I go upstairs to uh to grab my brother so I could show my dad that everything was back to normal. Then I go and somehow like this this freaking the upstairs in my house it freaking turned into freaking a weird house like it was a bunch of doors it was like uh, like a bunch of doors and I'm looking for my brother and I couldn't find him. And then I remember I was like he's gone. I don't know why this dream had to be this deep, but it was that deep. <laughs> I said he's he's gone, and then that's when I woke up. That was like the saddest dream ever, and that's like that was my feelings. That was my feelings, cause like I said, I like I can't go back in time, and it would the relationship between us would never ever 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 be the same like it was a relationship that was very important to me. It would never be the same. And I just realized, though he's alive, he's here. He's gone. He's gone in a way. So, so that's how I feel. And that's what that dream was saying. He, he's, he's gone. He's not ever going to be that way. And that really reflects my feelings. So God or Mr. Sandman, whatever, but that made me have that dream. Like, like, come on now. 
that that was too good. That was too good. So, whew, and I would like to bring up like to end here. Although I talk about his uh his poor health health mental health condition right now. Uh, I like to bring up. I I went home uh, a couple weeks ago for the week here, but before I started working my job here. And then uh, I see him coming down the stairs, and my dad's Frenice is here. And he has he just he has this big smile on his face. <laughs> he's though like you know he still he he mutters his words and stuff, but just seeing that smile on on his face, it. Uh, it just reminded me, yeah, of how things used to be. Just seeing like he lit up when he saw me. I know he's there. I know he still cares, despite you know everything. I know, I know, I know he's still there. I know, I know he still cares. I know he still loves me. I know he still cares, but it's just with this circumstance. That brother sister love nothing nothing can break that nothing can break that it don't matter that's the way he showed it and I saw it Oof. but that's what I will talk about that's that's the points that's the story I, I was leading up to but uh yes that's that's the point he's he's still there although. Oh, this is after that. That's that's my relationship. But thanks for for being with me here. All right. Oh, that was a lot to unpack. Oh my gosh, it's freaking dying. Can you die quieter? Gosh, the freaking ambulance. It doesn't have to be that loud. I'm a little congested right now, as 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 you guys can hear, and. That's that's because I was obviously trying to hold back tears that I that fail anyway, but uh, I'll try I'll try to get through I'll try to get through this this episode with uh minimal uh, congestion, but that's just what it is. All right, to to conclude today's uh little story time episode, how I deal with it. I would just, I would just like to say how I, how I deal with the situation. This is probably the hardest thing I have to talk about. This is the thing that makes me the saddest in the world. You think you you cry crying over uh, significant others? No, no, no. I don't care. Like this, this is the thing that that I'm most sad about. Like I said, this this is my best friend, the one who I knew when I grew up with. When nobody went to be my friend, he was my friend. We have the most memories together. So I did what they hear by trying to reaffirm myself. Uh, I, you know, like every time I, I don't do like the best I can on test or whatever, or don't don't get the best grade. You know, like this thing. That's I shouldn't feel guilty about that. I shouldn't feel guilty. I'm here. I'm here, and I do try to do the best I can. I, I do the best I can, and I'm, and I'm getting through with it. And I'm going to finish college. I'm going to finish college on time, and I'm going to make the best, the most out of my freaking resources here. And I do have them in my thoughts. I have them in my thoughts every day. It's not one day that goes past without me thinking about it. Thinking about him, you know? 
He's always in my thoughts. As you can see, I know he cares. I know he cares. The time when he's, you know, he just on an episode, he's in a, a decent state. I do see it. He says, he says, hey to me. He asks me how's how school. I get an occasional text. That makes me happy. You know? It's nothing I can do. It's nothing I, I can truly do. I just deal with that. I just make it up to him by like trying to do my best over here. And like I said, I do kind of distress myself from going home because I, I can't physically see that. I really can't. It really hurts me to uh, see that. So that's really how I do with this. It's sad. It's kind of avoided, but that's this the thing that weighs on my heart the heaviest, this situation back home. But I, I would say I'm freaking, I'm so grateful. So grateful. Even though I talk so much trash about being in the cornfields over here. I'm so grateful to be in this situation. You know? Uh, like I said, the way how things turned out, like why I'm the one with the, with the okay mental health. I'm the one that that's in situation. I'm the one with strong minded. I'm the one that that set the door for myself to to graduate high school, and and to to come to college. I'm like I'm so grateful for that because there's certain things you can't control in life, and he cannot control that because it is genetics. It it happens. It's it might have been wrong by marijuana too, uh, because a lot of uh, these mental health things that are running my family. Is very strong, so uh, that's why I, I completely stay away from weed because I don't want to mess up my opportunity here and like have some, risk something like that happen to me. So it's certain things in life you can't control, and things just happen because they happen. And you have people have reasons. People say it's a higher power. People say it's this, it's that. People say it's the devil. <laughs> people say whatever, and, just, and I just think like. Like, that could have been me. That could have been me. That could have been me. So, I want to be grateful here. I want to live my life here. I want to be a good person. I want to finish school. I want to do the best I can. I want to get a, a good job. I want If I want to talk on this podcast, I can talk on this podcast. If I, if I want to make pieces that place, I'm making pieces that place. I'm grateful to be here. And I don't ever take, you know, I don't take anything for granted. I don't, I don't take my situation for granted. I don't. I don't act entitled when I'm here. And I do see some people that are the complete opposite of me, but uh, it's fine, whatever. I don't take anything for granted and I appreciate it. And also, with this episode, just the stimulus running, mental health, and especially in these minority com- communities. I truly believe it's a privilege. It's a privilege. It is a privilege for even your parents to believe in it. Your parents to send you to a therapist. Your parents believe in the therapy. Your parents willing to to pay for that for you, to believe in it in the first place. That is a privilege. And a lot of people don't see that. It's not a norm in a lot of these minority households. It's not. And even dealing with something as severe is that like not not to say other stuff is severe like with with depression like say uh they be like so you be like oh, I'm depressed depress these dishes you know the depress the garbage take out the garbage you know uh but this is really something you could I could hear him I could hear him talking to himself I could hear him 
I, I, could, I saw that physically. You could see him physically, physically ready to harm us and himself. Willing to kill himself because he couldn't deal with it anymore. He said, he told my grandma one time, he said, I need help. I need help. And just stuff like that. That is a big improvement from what it was before. And he's willing. He's willing to do that. You know, but like, we need to eliminate the stigma. Like, my grandma's 84 years old. So for her to be growing up religious in the South, to say, that's the devil, that's the devil. That That's just a generational thing. And she has come around. My grandma has kind of come around to a lot of things. And she should be the model for all grandmas, okay? Coming around like this. And she's able to say now, he's sick. He needs to see a doctor. He needs medicine. He needs whatever. He's sick. That's a big improvement for him. It's the devil. Okay? Because I don't know why my grandma had all the holy stuff. She said she had holy water, holy oil, holy soil. I'm like, how you got holy soil? She said, this is the soil, this is the soil from Jerusalem. I'm like, dang, important. Okay, all right. But she had all that ready, like, for him, like, if he had the next episode where he was really violent like that. And now she's, now she's seeing that. She's seeing that. She's like, oh, I read something about it. I watched a video on this. And, and I see it. I understand it now. I, I see it. Uh, so, so that's so that's a big improvement, and I just want to to you know get a lot of these families like to believe like mental health is real. Y'all need to be doing something about this. We don't need to depress depress the dishes, okay? We need to to see a therapist, and also like maybe make it more accessible to these communities because people see going to a counselor therapist is more so an elitist thing, and. I, like, I still feel that way, too, because even when I hear, hear these rich kids talking about, oh, oh, I, I, I have to go to my therapist, I'm stressed about a test. I'm like, huh? I'm like, like, just to be that fortunate enough to have that. But a lot of people who, like, have stuff that that's really traumatic, they can't deal with that. They can't see anybody because they don't have access to it because it's so expensive here and it's so inaccessible. And you would think with all these freaking psych majors that it would be enough therapists and, and psychiatrists out here but it's not so what is all these psych majors doing what i'm gonna have a separate episode about psych majors but it's really there's no one representing the minorities the minority communities out here and like there's no one assisting that elimination of of this stigma (laughs) so we need to get together america and uh you know and I feel like it was important. Like, even though I made myself vulnerable, I hate being vulnerable. And you guys saw me, uh, well, you, you haven't seen me. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't, you don't know if I'm naked or not and talking on the microphone. I have clothes on just, just to let you guys know. But you heard me. Like, you heard my voice crying. You heard me crying. Like, I made myself vulnerable. And like, I don't know who's going to hear this, whatever. If y'all going to clown me later for crying on the mic, whatever, whatever. I want to make myself vulnerable because you never know who's listening. You never know who's going through this exact same situation. And I just know I understand. And if and if you do want to reach out to me, I'm always I'm always down to talk. Because I like talking as as you can tell. And I just want to reach out to people and like to have someone to, to relate to. Cause I was basically going through this by myself. I'm going through this by myself because I also I grew up in the household. We're not allowed to talk about our feelings. And we're not like 
you know, if we cry, we're like, oh, <laughs> you baby, you know, so I had no one to talk to about it. I didn't have a counselor. I didn't uh, really have that many friends in high school. I don't talk to these college friends about it because this is my business and we, we, we prioritize partying, okay? Uh, I really had no one to talk to. I still basically don't have anyone to talk to about this situation. I feel like I should talk to somebody about it, so I'm talking to you guys, so yes. But again, you never know who you're reaching out to, and I feel like this is a, an important topic to, to bring up. And honestly, I would, I would like to end this with saying that my brother is still, still, despite everything that's going on, he's still my best friend in my eyes. He's still, he's still the guy that I was playing, I was uh, playing the Tony Hawk game with, skating around the town. Uh, uh, we were still playing the Tony Hawk game. We were still talk, watching WWE together. We're still arguing about the Clippers and the Lakers. We're still outside playing basketball. He claimed he crossed me over. No, he didn't. I tripped over the crack in this, in this, uh, freak on the freaking ground. That's still him. You know, and we still have that deep connection. We still care for each other. Although he can't really show it like that sometimes. But I still see it. I see it in his eyes. I can see it. So, friends come and go. Friends, yes. Friends do come and go. But it's these, these familiar bonds that, that you have. That's never going to go. It's never going to go away between us. That's never, ever, ever going to go away. I know he cares about me. I care about him. And that's the way it is. That's the way it's always going to be, okay? And, like, sometimes, like, I do. Like, when I'm drunk, sometimes I think about it and I get emotional, of course. Like, I'm not always a drunk crier, but when I do cry, it's over stuff like this. But, uh, I get emotional sometimes. And uh, when I hear music, too, because I have a very diverse music taste, but I do love my soul music. And uh, I love soul music so much. Oh my god! If only you guys knew. And then I hear some songs, and I know this this one song by Donny Hathaway actually really really speaks to me. It's not. Uh, I think he just he he did the cover. He did a cover of it. But I love Donny Hathaway so much. His voice, his his voice is so soulful. You you, you can tell. You can tell when he's singing. He's singing with with his heart. I love I love singers like that. People who are passionate about what they do, and I can tell when he sings. It's 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 personal. It's strong to him, you know. Uh, and he also he suffered from from paranoia, uh, schizophrenia too. And he actually killed himself. He I think he jumped from the twenty seventh floor in New York from a. a hotel room in New York. I forgot what floor it was, but he killed himself because of that. The voices. The voices in his head. You know, and like that, you know, this of of course is, you know, similar to, to my brother who who has who has the same thing as him, but uh he did a cover of uh, the song. Uh He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. Like, yeah, you would think about the name, okay. Yeah, like the but uh that song just reminds me so much so much because I, cause I talk about like although like we may go through all this stuff and like people people so so quick to judge people 
people so you know people so are, are so quick to judge but then like i told you like despite everything's going on like he's still my brother we still got each other's back so uh this is not me okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go live laugh love here okay uh but i'm gonna read uh, a few a few lines from the song that just like reminds me so much of uh my brother's situation so um I don't know. I think I, I may read the whole thing. That's it depends on how I'm feeling. But anyway, I'm gonna read it like a poem, like I wrote. You know. So here we go. The road is long, with many a winding turn that leads us to who knows where. But I am strong, strong enough to carry him. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Again, I'm not like it sounds weird just reading it, but because I because I know like I'm just imagining the song playing in my head, and then here we go. So on we go. His welfare is of my concern. No burden is he to bear. We'll get there. <laughs> Woof. Okay, not Megan. Emotional. <laughs> For all I know, he will not encumber me. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Ooh. Okay. And um, also this this stanza right here. It's a long, long road from which there's no return. While we're on our way there. Why not share? Yeah. And the load doesn't weigh me down at all. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. <laughs> okay, that's that's just some of the some of the lines from the song and that I resonate with. I believe I, I resonate with in this situation. No matter what he's going through, no matter, you know, like this thing that's happening to him. He's still my brother. We're going to get there together. We're going to go through this. Even though it's no cure, things may not be the same. He's forever. My brother. We're sticking, to the, we sticking together. We'd rather die. we still outside playing basketball. Me crossing him over, not him crossing me over. we still all of that. Okay? He's my brother. And I love him. Alright, alright, alright. That is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I upload. When I upload, usually it'll be around 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. So if you know Central Standard Time, my folks in the Midwest, you know what it is. And if you don't live in the Midwest, you better calculate it, calculate it, do the conversions, other people. Okay? For any questions and for my advice segment of my podcast called A Fit for Advice, you can always email me at fcoupe24 at gmail.com. If you need me to spell it out, F-C-O-U-P-E-T 24 at gmail. And if you were born sometime in this time period, this decade, last decade, the decade before that, I do have an Instagram. I do have an Instagram. My Instagram is Frenice Dubbies. If you need me to spell that out, F-R-A-N-E-S-E-D-A-B-E-S-T. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. I'm Frenice Coupe 
your host and always 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 be prepared to offend to offend have a great wonderful day night whatever